0: Chapter Thirty of the Evil Genius This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Evil Genius by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Thirty The Lord President mrs linley's application for a divorce was heard in the first division of the court of session at edinburgh the lord president being the judge to the disappointment of the large audience assembled no defence was attempted on the part of the husband a wise decision seeing that the evidence of the wife and her witnesses was beyond dispute but one exciting incident occurred toward the close of the proceedings sudden illness made mrs lindley's removal necessary at the moment of all others most interesting to herself the moment before the judge's decision was announced but as the event proved the poor lady's withdrawal was the most fortunate circumstance that could have occurred in her own interests after condemning the husband's conduct with unsparing severity the lord president surprised most of the persons present by speaking of the wife in these terms grievously as mrs Linley has been injured the evidence shows that she was herself by no means free from blame she has been guilty to say the least of it of acts of indiscretion when the criminal attachment which had grown up between mr herbert Linley and miss westerfield had been confessed to her she appears to have most unreasonably overrated whatever merit there might have been in their resistance to the final temptation she was indeed so impulsively ready to forgive without waiting to see if the event justified the exercise of mercy that she owns to having given her hand to miss westerfield at parting not half an hour after that young person's shameless forgetfulness of the claims of modesty duty and gratitude had been first communicated to her to say that this was the act of an Inconsiderate woman culpably indiscreet, and I had almost added Culpably indelicate is only to say what she has deserved on the next occasion to which I feel bound to advert Her conduct was even more deserving of censure she herself appears to have placed the temptation under which he fell in her husband's way and so, in some degree at least, to have provoked the catastrophe which has brought her before this court. I allude, it is needless to say, to her having invited the governess, then out of harm's way, then employed elsewhere, to return to her house, and to risk what actually occurred a meeting with Mr. Herbert Linley when no third person happened to be present i know that the maternal motive which animated mrs linley is considered by many persons to excuse and even to justify that most regrettable act and i have myself allowed i feel weakly allowed more than due weight to this consideration in pronouncing for the divorce let me express the earnest hope that mrs linley will take warning by what has happened and if she finds herself hereafter placed in other circumstances of difficulty let me advise her to exercise more control over impulses which one might expect perhaps to find in a young girl but which are neither natural nor excusable in a woman of her age his lordship then decreed the divorce in the customary form giving the custody of the child to the mother as fast as a hired carriage could take him mr sarazen drove from the court to mrs lindley's lodgings to tell her that the one great object of securing her right to her child had been achieved at the door he was met by mrs presty she was accompanied by a stranger whose medical services had been required interested professionally in hearing the result of the trial this gentleman volunteered to communicate the good news to his patient he had been waiting to administer a composing draft until the suspense from which mrs lindley was suffering might be relieved and a reasonable hope be entertained that the medicine would produce the right effect. With that explanation, he left the room. While the doctor was speaking, Mrs. Presty was drawing her own conclusions from a close scrutiny of Mister. Sarrazin's face. I am going to make a disagreeable remark, she announced. You look ten years older, sir, than you did when you left us this morning to go to the court. Do me a favor. Come to the sideboard. The lawyer having obeyed she poured out a glass of wine There is the remedy she resumed when something has happened to worry you Worry isn't the right word mr. Sarrazin declared. I'm furious It's a most improper thing for a person in my position to say of a person in the Lord President's position But I do say it he ought to be ashamed of himself After giving us our divorce mrs. Presty exclaimed. What has he done? Mr. Sarrazin repeated what the judge had said of mrs. Lindley in my opinion He added such language as that is an insult to your daughter And yet mrs. Presty repeated he has given us our divorce She returned to the sideboard poured out a second dose of the remedy against worry and took it herself What sort of character does the Lord President bear she asked when she had emptied her glass this seemed to be an extraordinary question to put under the circumstances mr sarazen answered it however to the best of his ability an excellent character he said that's the unaccountable part of it i hear that he is one of the most careful and considerate men who ever sat on the bench excuse me mrs presty i didn't intend to produce that impression on you what impression mr sarazen you look as if you thought there was some excuse for the judge that's exactly what I do think you find an excuse for him. I do. What is it ma'am? Constitutional infirmity sir, may I ask of what nature you may gout Mr.. Sarrazin thought he understood her at last you know the Lord President he said Mrs.. Presty denied it positively no mr.. Sarrazin, I don't get at it in that way i merely consult my experience of another official person of high rank and apply it to the lord president you know that my first husband was a cabinet minister i have heard you say so mrs presty on more than one occasion very well you may also have heard that the late norman was a remarkably well-bred man in and out of the house of commons courteous almost to a fault one day i happened to interrupt him when he was absorbed over an act of Parliament before I could apologize I tell you this in the strictest confidence He threw the act of Parliament at my head Ninety-nine women out of a hundred would have thrown it right back again Knowing his Constitution I decided on waiting a day or two on the second day my anticipations were realized Mr.. Norman's great toe was as big as my fist and as red as a lobster He apologized for the act of Parliament with tears in his eyes Suppressed gout in mr. Norman's temper suppressed gout in the Lord President's temper He will have a toe and if I can prevail upon my daughter to call upon him I have not the least doubt he will apologize to her with tears in his eyes this interesting experiment was never destined to be tried right or wrong mrs Presty's theory remained the only explanation of the judge's severity mr sarazen attempted to change the subject mrs Presty had not quite done with it yet there was one more thing i want to say she proceeded will his lordship's remarks appear in the newspapers not a doubt of it in that case i will take care for my daughter's sake that no newspapers enter the house to-morrow as for visitors we needn't be afraid of them katherine is not likely to be able to leave her room the worry of this miserable business has quite broken her down the doctor returned at that moment without taking the old lady's gloomy view of his patient he admitted that she was in a low nervous condition and he had reason to suppose judging by her reply to a question which he had ventured to put that she had associations with scotland which made a visit to that country far from agreeable to her his advice was that she should leave edinburgh as soon as possible and go south if the change of climate led to no improvement she would at least be in a position to consult the best physicians in london in a day or two more it would be safe to remove her provided she was not permitted to exhaust her strength by taking long railway journeys having given his advice the doctor took leave soon after he had gone kitty made her appearance charged with a message from mrs lindley's room hasn't the physic sent your mother to sleep yet mrs Presty inquired kitty shook her head mamma wants to go away tomorrow, and no physic will make her sleep till she has seen you and settled about it that's what she told me to say if i behaved in that way about my physic i should catch it mrs presty left the room watched by her granddaughter with an appearance of anxiety which it was not easy to understand what's the matter mr sarazen asked you look very serious today kitty held up a warning hand grandmama sometimes listens at doors she whispered i don't want her to hear me she waited a little longer and then approached mr sarazen frowning mysteriously Take me up on your knee. She said there's something wrong going on in this house Mr.. Sarrazin took her on his knee and rashly asked what had gone wrong Kitty's reply puzzled him I Go to Mama's room every morning when I wake the child began I get into her bed and I give her a kiss and I say good morning and Sometimes if she isn't in a hurry to get up I stop in her bed and go to sleep again Mamma thought I was asleep this morning. I wasn't asleep. I was only quiet. I don't know why I was quiet. Mr. Sarrazin's kindness still encouraged her. Well, he said, and what happened after that? Grandmamma came in. She told mamma to keep up her spirits. She says, It will all be over in a few hours more. She says, What a burden it will be off your mind. She says, Is that child asleep? and mamma says yes and grandmamma took one of mamma's towels and i thought she was going to wash herself what would you have thought mr sarazen began to doubt whether he would do well to discuss mrs Presty's object in taking the towel he only said go on grandmamma dipped it into the water-jug kitty continued with a grave face but she didn't wash herself she went to one of mamma's boxes though she's so old she's awfully strong i can tell you she rubbed off the luggage label in no time mamma says what are you doing that for and grandmamma says this is the dreadful thing that i want you to explain oh i can remember it all it's like learning lessons only much nicer grandmamma says before the day's over the name on your boxes will be your name no longer Mr. Sarazen now became aware of the labyrinth into which his young friend had innocently led him the divorce and the wife's Inevitable return when the husband was no longer the husband to her maiden name These were the subjects on which Kitty's desire for enlightenment applied to the wisest person within her reach her mother's legal adviser. Mr. Sarazen tried to put her off his knee She held him round the neck He thought of the railway as a promising excuse and told her he must go back to London She held him a little tighter. I really can't wait my dear He got up as he said it Kitty hung on to him with her legs as well as her arms and finding the position uncomfortable lost her temper Mama's going to have a new name she shouted as if the lawyer had suddenly become deaf grandmamma says she must be mrs norman and i must be miss norman i won't where's papa i want to write to him i know he won't allow it do you hear where's papa she fastened her little hands on mr sarazen's coat collar and tried to shake him in a fury of resolution to know what it all meant at that critical moment mrs Presty opened the door and stood petrified on the threshold hanging on to mr sarazen with her arms and her legs exclaimed the old lady you little wretch what are you a monkey or a child the lawyer gently deposited kitty on the floor mind this samuel she whispered as he set her down on her feet i won't be miss norman mrs presty pointed sternly at the open door You were screaming just now, when quiet in the house is of the utmost importance to your mother. If I hear you again, bread and water, and no doll for the rest of the week. Kitty retired in disgrace, and Mrs. Presty sharpened her tongue on Mr. Sarrazin. next. I'm astonished, sir, at your allowing that impudent grandchild of mine to take such liberties with you who would suppose that you were a married man with children of your own that's just the reason my dear madam mr sarazen smartly replied i romp with my own children why not with kitty can i do anything for you in london he went on getting a little nearer to the door i leave edinburgh by the next train and i promise you he added with a spirit of mischief twinkling in his eyes this shall be my last confidential interview with your grandchild when she wants to ask any more questions i transfer her to you mrs Presty looked after the retreating lawyer thoroughly mystified what confidential interview what questions after some consideration her experience of her granddaughter suggested that a little exercise of mercy might be attended with the right result she looked at a cake on the sideboard i have only to forgive kitty she decided and the child will talk about it of her own accord end of chapter thirty